This is Cole with a quick warning. My audio at the beginning of this is kind of terrible uh, because of an equipment problem. Um, unfortunately, nothing really to do about it, but it does get better, um, thankfully, after about like five minutes or so. So, uh, yeah, let's just uh, power through this. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna get to the chorus, Gary. Yeah, it's, I, We're I, a I, minute I, and five seconds in. Ed Kalaswalik. Uh, I gotta you. say, I kind of like that baseline a little bit. That's uh, not, not that bad. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's it's not bad. Well, it's, you know, it's uh, the live bass guy's some of his middleest work. <laughs> so. I just I don't know that I'd ever heard that song before. What uh what song did you favor us with there? What is that? Uh, White discussion, as any um, discussion about live would be. Yeah, yeah, from <laughs> Through and Copper. Like a, like it's like the the weird when a band has an unexpected album hit and they start like dredging for singles. Mm-hmm. Like that happens. Um, oh yeah. So it's that it was not it's like their like fifth single from that record. Yeah, trying to trying to flood the total request live chamber. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cool. We're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Can you be a little bit louder for me? I feel uh, like I, I can, can speakers blast in a little bit and then I get a little buzz. I can try. However, my uh, my interface is completely maxed out right now. Oh, okay. On this, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's entertaining radio as I. <laughs> hey, people in the chat, so. uh, how am I coming through? Oh well, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I can hear you just fine. I'll just listen harder. Oh. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going on today, man. Nothing. I just woke up, ate some food, watched YouTube, went to this. <laughs> like, literally nothing. It's the beginning of my day. Um, how about you? Ah, uh, nothing. Had a had a full day of pod work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people uh, can probably see change the background here. Move my uh, move my desk around. Yeah. Um, uh, right before this, I had to rush to get these curtains up because I didn't realize how bright the uh, the essentially midday sun was going to be. Yeah. And completely washed out. But yeah. But yeah, that's really all that's up. No. Oh. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> um, what you been playing recently? I know we don't normally do that, but I'm just kind of curious. Anything um, on for a show? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm getting ahead on show stuff. So I've been playing, uh, I well, I'm playing comrade games, which are for show stuff. Um, but that's almost done because I'm gonna, I think we're gonna take a break for a while. We're gonna go on vacation. We're gonna do an off episode, I'm playing games for that to record tonight. Um, and then for Funzos, uh, I started. I did another run up at playing uh, Stalker. Okay. Um, which I've bounced off of before, but I'm gonna try to actually get into. Yeah. Um, so I'm a few hours into that. Uh, and that's fun. Um, that's a good game. Um, and then I started uh, put another put a game on the portable that I haven't beat yet, 
but I wanted to put some uh, actually finally beat, which is uh, Order of Ecclesia. Oh shit! Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Cool. Which is yeah, it's like secret best DS Castlevania. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's kind of barely a contest. I feel like. Yeah. And I like Portrait of Ruin is pretty good, but I don't know. I, I think I, some I think... some fuzz coming through on your audio. That's weird. Um, yeah, some kind of distortion, and like sounds. One moment. Coming through. I don't know if anybody in chat can confirm or better articulate that. Let's see but, here. How about that? Uh, that's uh, it went away for a second. The, the fuzz was really loud for a minute. Whatever you okay. were adjusting. Yeah. How about now? Now you sound fine. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What? And then I can turn you down now a little bit. Now. Uh, now it's better. Okay, yeah, this is just, uh, man, this uh, this audio interface, uh, had it for six years now, uh, even bought a used there. I think it might be at the, on its last legs. Oh, okay. I just had to switch the input. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I really love Order of Ecclesia. Like, that kind of, like, stage-based approach mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Uh, uh, really good for a portable system like that. And it's hard. Oh, God, yeah. Like, which is good, because none of those games are hard. Um. You know, the entirety of, like, the uh, Igarashi, like, Castlevania stuff mm-hmm. is, uh, is you know, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I just played through Symphony of the Night uh, for Funzos, and that's really easy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of refreshing to have one that you actually have to think to play. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've been kind of down lately, and when that happens, I tend to, like, curl up on a couch uh, interminably. And uh, play like a like a visual novel kind of thing. So I finished up Stein's Gate yeah. uh, last night actually, and that was that was good. Gary, you would fucking hate it so much. It, it uh, I've been I, I read a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm getting getting to the point. Like I think that that genre just not might not be for me at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the things that are annoying about it are more annoying than the things I like about it. Yeah, you know, it just it just in, in the scales. Like there are it's not like there aren't things to like. Even the ones that are. I would hate the most. There are probably things I would like, mm-hmm. but just I would have I have to get through too much stuff I really don't like. Yeah, I just I I can't see you brooking yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff that goes on in that. So yeah. uh, that is my official stay away from it. You put those things in a centrifuge and just like put all that stuff to the outside. Yeah, just like bring in all, you know? bring in the really cool like time travel story. Like yeah, get yeah. to the, get to the chase. Everything media <laughs> everything um, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> um this isn't a priority question but this is kind of in line with the discussion here we had somebody on the q a ask if we'd ever played harmony of dissonance i didn't play oh. so the only game boy advance one that i played was uh um aria of sorrow and that was the last one on the game boy advance i never did uh harmony of dissonance or circle of the moon i've played all of them but i'd never beat harmony of dissonance um i beat circle of the moon i beat uh uh Aria of Sorrow, or the uh, the first DS one with uh, Vishonin Boy, and you draw the glyphs. Yeah, that uh, was a Dawn of Sorrow. Dawn uh, of Sorrow. That was a direct sequel to Aria of Sorrow. Yeah, where you play and as- then yeah, and I played Aria of Sorrow. Those are the three that I've beat. All the rest of them I've played, but not beat. Yeah, because uh, they they're impossible to put down. They're really <laughs> walker resistant because they're mildly nonlinear. So if you put one down and forget where you're at, like you're just kind of fucked. Yeah, uh, forever. Which happened to me with Circle of the Moon enough so that I had to start over to, to play it. Oh, that's so a it sucked. 
Yeah, I just like I had some kind of new verb, but I couldn't find where to use it, and just ended up like sweeping the castle many times over, mm-hmm. and it sucked. Yeah, so. yeah. Let me know if you end up uh, covering um, dangerous golf. Oh on, yeah, uh, on comrade because I have that. I'm not quite sure what I think. I would like to do it. Uh, it looked fun to me. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun in a burnout kind of way. I think the stuff that holds it back is technical. I talk about it on the level a little bit, but like. Just the loading times are faster, or not fast. They come fast and often. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. But yeah. 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 There's, there's a comrade is definitely the, uh, the show right now where there's too much stuff to do. Like yeah. there are a lot of things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just do four games a month. So uh, it's not, it's not, there's a lot of stuff we're not getting to. So now that you've done that for a couple of years, like there's never really been a slowdown and like viable, viable stuff to do. There, like, there's never a year, right? There, yeah. There's stuff we missed too. Yeah. Um, like now for the new episode, we're doing two things that came out like a couple months ago that we wanted to do then mm-hmm. when we're recording tonight. And then I think after that, I think we're going to do 80 days, which is like, that's been out forever. Oh Jesus. That's um, a great game. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. It's, see visual novels. Why can't you be a visual <laughs> novel like this? Um, <laughs> Like you can, you can use your forces for good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to do that and something, but it's, it's, and that's really old, you know? Yep. So the fact that we're, you know, indie moves so quick that we can do something that's three years old and still have it be worth talking about and kind of looking at like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Neat. Oh, one thing about Steins Gate that you're going to love. Um, that, that that you would love. There's a one of the plot points is that one of the changes that you make to the past eliminates all Moe culture from uh, from Tokyo. Oh wow! <laughs> in your mission to go back and change that change at all costs. <laughs> no, it's like uh, we must bring it back. <laughs> we we must rescue Moe. Yeah. Is that? Uh, or does or does the game just end in a state of the world where there's no Moe? <laughs> the novel cannot continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, it just crashes to black screen. Like you get a blue screen error. <laughs> oh no, the art style changes. Yeah. Everybody's eyes get real small. Everyone morphs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just a, it's an unintended consequence, and it's meant to show like, whoa, the world has really changed this time. I don't know if that's a spoiler or anything. <laughs> can't even imagine a world without Moe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the priorities of the writer that that's what they use to show that the world had changed a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> it takes it takes place in Akihabara where yeah. all that stuff is. And just kind of like, oh, here's this. And they're poking fun at that stuff the whole time, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Want to oh. get to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Corbin writes, how old does a game have to be to be considered for WAF treatment? Um, also, any tips to make my beard as magnificent as as magnificent as yours? Um, so, games for WAF, uh, I think it's uh, either last console generation or five years. Um, yeah, I didn't know we had a year cost. cut off for What's things. I, thought it was just, I didn't know we had a year cut off. I thought it was just last console generation. Yeah, I like, think that's. I think that's outside of the current discussion. Yeah, that's that's true. I think that's kind of what I what I said publicly way way back when when mm. we decided to do um oh gosh, uh, dark corners of the earth. Actually, yeah. it's kind of like oh well, it's last console generation, etc. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I yeah, outside I, of the current discussion, go ahead. Sorry, they did. They just did um, Retronauts just did a listener mail episode where they got a sim- very similar question, and they were just like, it doesn't, you know. Defining it is doesn't matter that much 
uh, because these games don't get like you're not just going to find it any you know you're not going to find it anywhere. Yeah. There's no anniversary or re-release or anything like that. No one's going to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So at the very like it's just valuable and a place to hear about those things, even if it is something relatively new. Like there's only one other podcast I've ever heard that did like an examination of Dark Corners of the Earth, you know, and that had been like years before we did. Yeah. So it, like it didn't matter too much that it was new. It was just that like you know it was it was uh, something that wasn't being talked about anymore. Yeah. It's a branding problem more than anything. Like we say, it's retro, but I think that for a lot of people, retro means well, it came out when I was twelve. When they were a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah well, there's not really a word for just like not current. It's like the second run theater, you know, or like an art theater that shows like second run and then also old stuff sometimes. Yeah, you know, there's there's not really a word for like just not current. Right. No. Yeah, not contemporary. Any of those. Yeah. Um, I feel like we get a lot of beard questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't do anything. I just, uh, it just happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and it can, your, your face, the parts where you will get hair can change. When I was uh, a, a mid-teen, mid to late teen, little connecties from between my mustache and goatee wouldn't grow. Um, and then I, I kind of looked silly that way, but eventually they did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have friends, like my friend, uh, one of my closest friends, could not grow a beard at all. And eventually, like his cheeks, where it would just be scrabby, it just kind of changed. And yep. it was like when he was like 26, like well after puberty. I don't know mm-hmm. what property changed it or what new chemical was in his blood to make that change, but like it happens. Yeah. You know? So some some kind of weird like BPA comes in, gives him a minor case of monsterism. Yeah, he, he drinks out of a, a non-approved plastic cup and gets chemical chains or something yeah. like that. But it's yeah, it it uh it will change. So it'll it may or may not happen, but it might happen. Hope until you die. <laughs> like, good way to fake. Good way to fake it. Um, a, as weird as it's going to sound, a beard that is of relatively uniform length will look a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. not like overly groomed, but like if you're having trouble with it, um, don't be afraid to get like a uh, like a like a trimmer. And uh, hit all of that and let it grow uniformly. Also, beard, beard brush. Get like a badger hair thing and then just feels great. Yeah, that's my my recommendation. Um, Greg writes, uh, someone who does their own retro game podcast, founder and co-host of the SNES podcast. I'm curious to hear about your research methods uh, for your shows. It's interesting to me, at least, uh, contrasting episodes from our po- uh, from our podcast on the games that we both covered. Uh, and he gives a big list there. Um, and I try not to cover games that you already have, uh, since you do such a damn good job at them. Uh, when, when preparing to talk about these, do you listen to podcasts that already cover the game? Uh, do you check out reviews? Uh, do you look at YouTube interviews, anything like that? Um, if you could talk about your process and getting ready to cover a game for a show in detail, uh, that would be great and very informative, um, and perhaps helpful to me in doing my own show. Uh, mostly talking about WAF there. But uh, uh, also wants to hear about like, hey, if there's anything else for these other shows on the network too. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we, you know, you play it, um, which is the biggest thing. Yes, because that's the most important thing that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I start at Wikipedia because I want to know the stat block, like the year and the people who created it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will usually, uh, I always look at the cutting room floor, um, which is t- tcrf.com, which is a website about cut content. 
in video games because that's interesting to me. Um, and then I will usually Google the game, just the name of it, and look at the cu- first couple pages and see if there is like a postmortem or something like that. Because yeah. um, reviews or just kind of like a Brady games like write up or something like that is, are not that useful. But if someone has done a postmortem or if there's a hardcore gaming 101 article yeah. or something like that, that's really good. Um, and then uh, game facts, I always look at because somebody has probably obsessively chronicled like all of the weird mechanical things I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, uh, I will watch, uh, try to watch a speed run if I play the game really soon. If I can, it's not too long. If I played the game a long time ago. Right. And then, so like, uh, for example, um, we're doing Deus Ex. I beat Deus Ex a while back because I'm getting ahead because of travel. And uh, before we actually record that episode, I will watch a speed run of it just to yeah. like see all the areas and remind me of things. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned Hardcore Gaming 101 because that is uh, a great resource, I think, for like general overviews <clears throat> of stuff. Uh, Wikipedia is big. Um, uh, people have accused us of just being like a Wikipedia uh, regurgitation station, but like that is a great place to find kind of secondary sources to uh, read about like the development of the game, honestly, uh, to find, um, you know, uh, interviews and things like that. Um, weirdly enough, and you know, we've we've made fun of this site in the past, but like it's it's a really good just kind of like quick source for like trivia and things like that, or maybe like uh, things I may have missed when I played the game. But TV tropes actually, mm-hmm. um, just as like an exhaustive, obsessively compiled uh, wiki that often has a lot of trivia or a lot of uh, um, you know just things that are found off in the corner of these things, um, and I mm-hmm. use that to supplement the notes. Yeah, if you take everything on there with like a grain of salt. Yes. Like if it, like literally everything is just kind of like they will usually point out things that are noteworthy and then do it for reasons that make no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh you it's just have to like <laughs> Yeah. Or or just like something somebody thinks is scary that's not remotely scary or you know. That's weirdly gotten a lot better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they they've uh they've shunted all of the uh kind of subjective stuff subjective stuff quote unquote um off to either their own side pages or onto other wikis entirely okay yeah i mean still you know it's this is user submitted content but like it's gotten easier to not like you know they they basically have eliminated this troper shit off of the off of this entirely so that's good yeah yeah so hardcore gaming 101 is a treasure oh god yeah that website's one of the best websites Mm -hmm. the uh if anybody's not familiar with it it's really great yeah um, their books even like uh, yeah. the Castlevania uh, source is great. I love the uh, the graphic adventures book. Like that I, is. Uh, I read that seven hundred page graphic adventure book, page to, like cover to cover. It's amazing. <laughs> like it was just like, nope. I'm gonna read about like five hundred adventure games, <laughs> and uh, it's just it's really really good. Um, yeah. Well written and exhaustive, and like gives you kind of a grand context. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, that's that's really it because like the primary, like all those things, and I don't spend hours and hours doing all those things either, um, because I because I just played the game, right? You know, so like that's the that's the most important part of it, yeah. I think. Yeah, and like the generality stuff, like that is that is stuff that I put into the notes at the start, and that's compiled from on-the-fly observations about the systems and things like that, and then kind of like that's where any kind of cursory historical research uh, goes. Um, also if people like point something out and they'll run up to a game, like people get excited when we announce they're playing their favorite, like they tend to point us towards sources as well. So, yeah. Um, abject suffering, the only like abject suffering, I also do similar, like a smaller version of this. So I do all that stuff, but quicker. 
um, with I always watch a speed run on an abject, an abject suffering game, and then because uh, I want to see the emboss because I'm never gonna see it for not mm-hmm. playing it. And then game backs is more important because we do game backs <laughs> stuff on it. So yeah, but it's very um, similar. Yeah, Wikipedia also uh, Moby games um, as just kind of like a big database of who's worked on what. Um, yeah, it's really valuable as well. Um, I find a lot of like crick secrets there. You know, just uh, the the teams behind these games are, uh, you know, pretty easy to find. Um, I usually look at the credits uh, for a game as well. Um, basically making myself sound like the creepiest private detective in the world right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, GameFAQs is a big one. I also, like, I haven't found an awful lot of good stuff uh, on this, but like Amazon reviews, you know, I keep on hoping there's going to be something in that well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I want that too. Like, because... Um... There's a one of the, my favorite thing on the uh, how did this get made podcast is there are like five star anime reviews of terrible movies, <laughs> and I keep expecting that and it doesn't happen. Yeah, like there's just not very robust reviews on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's mostly people who want to write professional reviews and take their uh, take their take their track record there very seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Frederick writes, <clears throat> if Duckfeed.tv had a game like Penny oh. Arcade. Sorry, Sorry about this. Uh, oh, there we go. Our, yeah, so for my, uh, yeah. drag. Oh, right. you got the yarn Yoshi? Yeah, I got a pink yarn Yoshi. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I apologize for those uh, delayed kisses. <laughs> hey, Gary, I lost yeah. your for a second. Okay, you're back. <laughs> yep, yeah, you're, you're gone for a second, too. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Gary, <laughs> Frederick writes, if DuckFeed.tv had a game like Penny Arcade, parentheses, sorry for the example, uh, what would it be called and what kind of game uh, would it be? Be a JRPG called Duckfeed on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness. <laughs> um. <laughs> mm, I, I so I get putting a little bit of thought into this. I think it would be a uh, um, walking simulator explore, exploration thing with some light amnesia style uh, um, kind of like pursuit mechanics, um, and it would be uh, Crick Two Thousand. Yeah, uh, yeah, doing the Crick Two Thousand game is probably a good. Yeah, okay. and, and that would work in a bunch of other bunch of other fixtures and stuff. Yeah, like you know, one of the leaders of the of like the resistance would be Dan Davis, captain of the football team. Yeah, like fa- yeah, factions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would that would be fine. It would be like I. We should never do that, though. Oh no, because no. it'd be really a self indulgent uh, thing. Like the uh, the only reason, like I love the wiki, mm-hmm. but again, if we had done the wiki, I think it would suck. Yeah. Like if we were just like, look at all our funny uh, in jokes that we made, you know, it's, uh, it's bad enough that we keep them alive, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like were the jokes. Yeah, yeah, we should come up with new jokes. Um, or like, let's <laughs> our, our homework. Come back with five new jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, if we had made that game, it would feel really self indulgent to me. Uh, I think, and then if somebody else had made it, it would still be like it could be cute. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yep. I think it would be fun to do uh, like something that like like us where it isn't about us but it's about like like a sim thing where it's like it's a new show on the network mm-hmm. and then you know you and i could be like the will Wrights in the snes version of sim city <laughs> like you just kind of come out and explain like a regular schedule is important you know, and make little animations and then the person just makes their show and, and names it and does this like a uh, little sim thing yeah i think that would be fun um kind of cutie yeah, we talked about that before too. Like what the what the management uh, uh, game version of podcast networks would be. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they made um. There's a a YouTube one 
Uh, oh, YouTuber's Life? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, I watched um, watched a, a YouTuber play a little bit of YouTuber's Life. And uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty excruciating. What's interesting about it though is that it really uh, underlines the fact that that is a market for and by kids. Yes. Um, like the YouTuber's life that you do, like it's not just about making uh, like let's play screamer videos. It is about balancing that with homework. Like there's not a way to play it as not somebody who still does like homework in high school who lives with their mom. That's huh. the game. Like, and it's really not- weird. That's not like a holdover from like life sim kind of like Japanese RPG kind of stuff or. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe like <laughs> you, you, but the game where you symbolize being, or you pretend to be like a PewDiePie, you start out living with your mom, balancing your things with homework. Like, so it skews very youthful. Yeah. That makes me feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Um, it is, it is super strange. And the person who I watched, I, I watched Northern Lion play it, who's a YouTuber. I like some from time to time, uh, who is like 27 or something like that. And he felt weird about it too. And he was just yeah. like, yeah, I haven't lived with my parents for, you know, forever, <laughs> but it's just like, that's, that's the market. That's mm-hmm. YouTube kids, you know? And that's what, when you, again, like I've said this before, but that's why I try not to waste too much energy getting mad at those people. Oh no. It's, no. Like, oh, just, yeah. It's for kids. Yeah. You know? And the <laughs> same thing, like, you know, when we, uh, like we'll go to a convention or something like that. And then like people show up at our panel, which is great. But then, you know, there's a line around the block for YouTube boy, like mm-hmm. peanut butter boy. And it's like, Oh, it's because peanut butter boy is for kids. Like yep. not in a mean way. It's just like, it's a different market. He's the wiggles, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. <laughs> like we need, the world needs a wiggles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the world needs wiggles. Yeah. The wor- <laughs> Mars needs wiggles badly. <laughs> um, Blue wizard needs wiggles. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like devouring them feet first. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm being eaten by a boa constrictor. <laughs> Why do you know a Wiggles song? I know that's that's an old song from my like kindergarten days. I imagine that's oh. probably too too old for the Wiggles. Hmm. Yeah. Now I remember somebody doing that at a uh, on stage. Like they had like a a snake sleeping bag that they slowly pulled up. Like oh, oh heck, it's up to my neck kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was horrifying. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like it was like preparing us, like, okay, if you're ever in this situation. Yeah. And they pulled down the uh, sleeping bag, there's a skeleton there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just a sleeping bag that like disappears your flesh. <laughs> yeah, they were they were from the big blanket lobby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we need to yeah, sleep wait, in a sleeping bag time. Wait, that's all the servants are cultists in, in, in service of big blanket, the uh, the creature. <laughs> big blanket. <laughs> Oh man, from the from the uh, the the big red couch territory. Oh yeah, yeah, they're lovers. <laughs> uh, Michael asked, uh, "What are your plans for after you finish Dark Souls Three on Bonfireside Chat? Are you going to do one last off season? And if so, uh, what games are you going to cover?" Uh, we have two seasons planned after mm-hmm. that, and that's assuming no one else, uh, you know, from doesn't make another Souls like. Um, we we're going to have a pretty lengthy season on Souls likes because yep, a yep. bunch of them have come out that we haven't covered, and more of them are coming out. Right. Uh, so like lots of games, we're doing a couple episodes on on them. Like yeah. uh, I played through Salt and Sanctuary. Like with the number of bosses, like we might be able to switch that fit that into two episodes. I think three is probably more likely. Um, with that, um, Hyperlight Drifter will need an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, Mononoke or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, Mamadora Four. I want to do. Um, cause that game is my favorite souls like game so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the, it might uh, be a bad idea to cover uh, to, to cover Order of Ecclesia for that. Actually, that, that's not too bad. Like, if we wanted to do that's a little bit more originsy. Like, yeah. I was thinking we if we wanted to thematically tie these, these could all literally be yeah. in the Souls likes because this, we've had this huge boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Eiter is coming out. Um, that other one that is like Eiter. There's one that's side scrolling and one that's uh, kind of isometric. Oh yeah, there were a bunch that were kind of like uh, um, announced at E3 last year yeah. too. Yeah, I could use that as an excuse to play more Dead Mouse if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like Dead Mouse is not bad, uh, and that might have some changes by then. So there's just a lot of games that are like soul. Um, oh, uh, uh, Neo. Like mm-hmm. if we decided to do. Oh that, shit! I forgot about Neo. Yeah. There, there's like a thousand Souls-like games that came out. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, like I said, and I've said it like a bunch of times, like I don't want to end the show on like Lords of the Fallen 2. No. That would be a terrible ending. So uh, after that, like assume we can probably just say it. Like I keep saying it like it's a fun secret. It's not a fun secret. Yeah, it's It's not. The the Omega Protocol uh, we've decided to do, yeah. Yeah, it's not that shocking. Um, Is that after we do all those, if there are no more Souls games in sight, we're going to do a victory lap around Dark Souls 1. Right. Um, So do like four or five episodes, uh, replay it. Both of us have like kind of our favorite guests on. Uh, that we had have a couple guests um, and then just kind of reflect on the whole thing and the game that brought us there yeah. and then end uh, end with the uh, the beginning of the cycle again yeah yeah so. yeah that's uh that's a, that is a good plan um you know i just i i'm i'm worried about what happens to our network when we get there <laughs> yeah well that's that's when we we immediately pull the final fantasy oh yeah that like regardless that. of stretch goal like yeah. i mean if we get there ahead of time great we do both it's fantastic if, yeah. we, if we run out of that, then we just pull a big letter, lever and, and usher in a bunch of Final Fantasy fans. Yep. Because, um, I mean, we it's not like we couldn't just do, like, Order of Ecclesia or go back and do all the Kingsfields and stuff like that. But I think that would be, like, a slow death for yeah. things. That feels like I think people would leave uh, as Soul stuff, like, you know, because not, not all Soul fans are interested in Souls ga- game predecessors like we yeah, are. Not. Yeah. So that seems like that would be like a, a so and and to put this all in perspective, this is years, uh, like down the road because we have going through Dark Souls three DLCs will go at least until this point next year, maybe a little bit sooner, but yeah, it's like yeah. a year like, from now. Like, like Dark Souls three is going to end in Q one of twenty seventeen. So. Yeah. So and then we have the DLCs. There'll be three of them. They'll be sizable, uh, and then we have um, all of those like Souls likes. So we've got a while to go through, but it is uh, it is in sight if they if there's not a Bloodborne two announced, right? And that kind of changes a bunch of stuff. There might be room for another another origin series or something like that. Like yeah. there's plenty of kindling, you know. And I mean, like we've been in a similar situation of this. Like at the you know as as Dark Souls two was kind of like approaching, we had no idea if there was going to be anything after that until like kind of those first gifs of uh what was then called project beast came out you know yeah. like there's there's every every possibility in the world that we're just going to be doing this same thing forever it do 100 like they can sit like i know that miyazaki has been you know said that he doesn't want to do them anything and for now i'm operating as if that's true but it is so hard for me to imagine companies turning down boatloads of money right and when sony's like hey we own the rights to bloodborne and it was a huge hit we could make a bloodborne too we'll give you this much money to do it. Like it may not be very good, mm-hmm. but it, like, I don't like, I think there's still a chance it would happen just because of money. Uh, people like their, their currency, you know? So like, I don't know. I could see it happening. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, we just have to take that on a, on a, a 
case by case kind of thing. Who knows? Like E3 is next week. Yeah, exactly. We could. I mean, yeah. The the video games aren't like a place for like principled stances like that. No, they're not. Or just you know, that's not a medium that happens sometimes with movies or music where someone's like, no, I'm not going to make another. I'm not going to make a sequel to this. I want to do something new. You know, you end up with stuff like uh, uh, Neil Young like tanking his contract. You know, like making unlistenable like records. You don't run into that kind of stuff with games. Like games are are you know as much as I want to divorce them from it are like a really powerfully commercial medium like and are really tied up in that so yep yeah which will benefit the show because i want more souls games even like as frustrated as i got with specifically dark souls 3 if they just like made hey the same basic mechanic like did another bloodborne even if it wasn't bloodborne 2 Mm -hmm. but did another twist on the stuff i'd be ecstatic i'd be over the moon so yeah i mean like even if okay so imagine miyazaki says like hey we're not doing this anymore and somebody you know else kind of steps in we're going to lose the miyazaki touch but we're still going to get like good ideas you know yeah. like you know, possibly like there's still you know there, there, there's still a possibility for that like i just i don't want to discount or like even even bring in the discussion of like at what point does this stop being souls you know i yeah, think that if we're it's gonna... still like a, a from game with stamina based you know over the shoulder like if it still feels like souls like i'm not going to be like this is not this doesn't count because of Miyazaki because it was never really about like at this point we've covered like roughly out of the games we've done. He's done, he's been involved in half of them really. Like he's involved in three, but came in pretty late. It's kind of coming to, you know, to light. So like he's been heavily involved, like the principal person behind about half of them. Right. You know, and the ones that he hasn't been like are also games I really love. So Mm -hmm. I have no, uh, no real issues with that. Yeah. yeah, we're not kind of bound to that hagiography, you know. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, we're we're, we're gonna know know it when we see it, right? Yeah. Yep. And you know, from a, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this: uh, it does make me feel great to say it, but like, it is a lucrative show for the network. Like, it is yeah. a good idea for us to continue kind of like following this, you know, and trying to trying to you know find new ideas and approaches around it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want it to sleepwalk its way to death. You know, nope. because we can put something else in its place. But yeah. if uh, if it's still going, I'm also like I'm gonna play those games anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so I may as well like talk about them and examine them. Like, did uh, Did you ever play the Neo Alpha? No, nah, I didn't. I missed it. Yeah, it was yeah. dire. Yeah, really. <laughs> I fix it. Yeah, uh, like the difficulty balance was completely off. I've I've watched some YouTube like examinations of it and heard kind of mixed things, but yeah. most of it I've heard has been kind of negative. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And that's hopefully, I mean, it's an alpha, like hopefully they can, uh, they can fix those things. Yep. And that's probably why they ran the, ran it. Like this stuff can change. It's a good thing. Yeah. It it is so easy for that kind of basic gameplay thing to give me like my required amount of pleasure to move on. Yeah. Like as somebody who like, you know, I've like played Lords of the Fallen twice. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't, you know, I like once for the show and once on my own, and like I, and I was like, oh, you know, it's like a C plus, you know, like I, I got some enjoyment out of it, mm-hmm. you know, as much as like the hashtag Gary hates Dark Souls three, like it's still one of my favorite things to play. Yeah, you know that 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 gameplay style will always get me coming back. So yeah, I mean we're not and we're not gonna chase nines, you know. Anyway, yeah, it's not our thing. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, kind of a kind of a counterpart to this, Sam uh, writes. Oh, <laughs> do you uh, do you think that there will ever that there will ever be a point where you're done hearing about Dark Souls? When it, when it stops happening, or whether I'm like fed up with it, probably is what. Yeah, it's kind of like done. Like I feel like I've I just I kind of know 
I'm not going to seek this stuff out anymore. It starts becoming annoying. I like, I don't know. What do you think, Cole? I'm never going to say never, you know, like infinity is a long time. Like, like, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, around the time the backlash on dark souls two was happening. I felt really alienated from a large portion of the souls fan base, you know, like I was really with it in the swell and kind of like afterglow of dark souls one for, for two years, you know? Um, and I think that like that kind of made me like, Oh, I just need to like start paying attention to different things or just really focus on my own, you know, kind of like view of this, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, that's been fine. You can always choose what to, you know, what to pay attention to. And then like, you know, heat death of the universe, right. They could just really start suck at making these games. And it's like, well, okay, we're going to write it off, but that goes yeah. into the, you know, we don't want to sleepwalk out of this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's, it's, I'm not obviously not done hearing about it. I think that one thing that has happened in with dark souls three is that with this game and i think it's a property of the game not of the fandom um i've heard more like batshit bonkers theories that have no support about three than i have any other game in the theory mm-hmm. or in the in the series uh which has gotten mildly like eye-rolly but not so much that i don't want to read them right so it's like it hasn't gotten to that point now i've gotten i've heard more things about dark souls three where i'm like you're you're you know i it's and what it is and it, what i think it is is uh people bringing Dark Souls 1 kind of uh, like a rubric to Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like this ha- this this literally has to mean something because they don't do that because they didn't do it before. And I really, I'm like, I think that the way that the story is told in 3 is a real different beast. Yeah. Uh, for better and for worse. Uh, mostly for worse, but like for better, there are some things that it does really well. Yeah. Um, and so it's caused people to just be like, no, this can't not mean anything. Like there can be no, I can't remember what it was. I was watching, um, some kind of YouTube criticism thing. And some guy brought up the point that I, I really love. Uh, he wasn't talking about Dark Souls. He was talking about uh, Fallout, I think. But he was saying how um, when you're a fan of something, there is an urge to believe that there are no such things as accidents uh, in that thing. That's like and that's what I've... Yeah, I've been beating that drum since Dark Souls 1 that like, oh, we... I mean, this could just be something that was cool and happened on accident. Yeah. Because that's the way the creative process works. Mm-hmm. Like for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Everybody, like genius level people, will admit that and talk about how things happen on accident in the process. And, like, it just, you win with it because it was cool. And yeah. th- those are blessings. Like, you should, yeah. you should love that when that happens. That's, you know, that's, that's the universe telling you you're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when from the outside, there's no way to know the difference between those things and the things that are intentional. Uh, so, the, uh, you, conflate the two like like oh there's no evidence for this but it can't be an accident like this can't be a dangling thing yeah there's no room for that so i have to kind of contort and like put some thread on the wall and go real crazy to get this interpretation of it and like it hasn't made me mad or not want to hear about dark souls i've just gotten a little bit like guys i don't think that's what's going on yeah the signal ratio gets a little bit weird you know yeah um so i'm not sick of it with souls in general i think that the way Dark Souls 3 coming with all the expectations of the entire series, plus the way Dark Souls 3 is kind of structured, has lent itself to that. Yeah. Uh, which is not my favorite thing because it just puts me in a position of being like, okay. And then it ends the conversation because I don't, there's nothing there to, it's not a smoking gun. Like it doesn't add anything 
to the story. It's just kind of like this, you know, what if this person was this person's brother? It's like, well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's pretty good head cannon. Yeah, it, it's exactly. And I don't want to take anyone's head cannon away. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I don't, I also, my appetite for discussing head cannon, uh, is mildly limited, you know, with nothing to anchor it. Yeah. It's oh. uh, like the whole, there can't be any accidents thing. It's like a different version of the, it's a more trivial version of the just world fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> like every, everything. Just to, yeah, the, yeah. The just me is <laughs> just insofar as I will only play games. It's just Miyazaki. Yeah. Just like, he's literally the only person who, who can do this. And the things that are good are 100% him. And the things that are bad are 100% not. And he is incapable of making happy accidents. <laughs> yeah. No, I love happy accidents. That's, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> any, any, like if you want to see like a, a genre where that stuff happens all the time, it's music. Like if you read like interviews, with a lot of musicians, I haven't, I can't point to tons of examples, but as somebody who's like read about bands, I like you read about this a lot in like long interviews and kind of tales of how an album is made. You know, like, oh, like we uh, we recorded the drums in this room and there was a problem with the paneling. But then when we heard it, it sounded awesome. So it wasn't like this perfect sound chamber that we were trying to build. We decided to go for it. And then some of your favorite things in music, you know, <laughs> those little really distinctive sounds are accidents. Yeah. You know, and that is I feel like that's true of most art. Yeah. Roll with it is a magical, magical phrase. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of the uh, like the like those Brian, you know, like oblique strategy things. It's just like, you know, and then that's uh and and to think that that doesn't apply to Dark Souls, I think is why would that have the why would that be the exception? Why take that away from something this this great? You know? I always feel a little bit like a douche for having the uh, the uh, uh, oblique strategies app or an oblique yeah. strategies app on my front page of my phone. But like that is so fucking useful. It's it's the it's the best. It is it is like one of the, you know, anybody else would be my favorite thing they did. Yeah. You know. But so. it's Brian Eno. So who's done like <laughs> tons of favorite things i've done or I, I like favorite things of mine yeah yep um so elias uh writes in asking about some comic stuff um have any of you read any of the hellblazer john constantine vertigo series if so what is your favorite run mine is garth ennis's take on hellblazer um and what it does uh with the treatment of hell and the devil um, Gary, have you uh, have you read any of these before I go on on this? I read the first couple trades um, of the old uh, the ones where he has cancer, um, and it's about him like getting out of the bargain he made to give up his soul when he finds out he has lung cancer. Mm -hmm. um, but those are the only Hellblazer things I've read, and I think that is the I think it's the same run. But if I'm wrong, it's it's because I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought that was Garth Ennis, but maybe it is. Uh, it predates him. Yeah, I can't remember who he is that. But those are the only ones I've read. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I have not read them. I've seen the uh, the preview for the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. Hey, I've seen that. Oh, yeah? How was that? Yeah. Uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, that is Garth Ennis. Uh, dangerous, dangerous Habits. Okay. So. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda, like, what's a, like, when was that published? Um, boy. Uh. Let me pull that back up. Um, that was published uh, in 1991, so early 90s Vertigo oh. stuff. Good time for Vertigo. Hmm. Um, yeah, and and I've read a couple of the trades that were before this as well. Um, yeah, but 
That's cool. Um, let's see here. Adam writes, uh, when and why did spoilers for Souls games become a bigger deal for you guys? I'm late to this whole Souls game uh, thing, and I'm currently playing Demon Souls and listening to Bonfireside Chat. In a recent episode for Adam, um, Gary said that Souls games can't really be spoiled by visual media and small pieces of info uh, from demos. Um, sorry. And small pieces of info from demos as everything substantial about a game, uh, a Souls game, is more hidden than that. Uh, this seems like a drastic change uh, from the difficulty and pains I know both of you took uh, in avoiding spoilers for Dark Souls 3. Uh, I think the reason why... So I just changed my mind, I think. And the reason why is because I got to go through a launch. Like for uh, Dark Souls 1 and 2, or Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls, it had already been out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so the information was was uh, was there, and that's way harder to to avoid, yeah, um, than trailer stuff. But even Dark Souls Two, I went in blind. So every Souls game that I have been uh, available to do so, I've gone in blind for. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that there's something to be said for like the more you know about something or a series, the the bigger importance that a uh, uh the more import a small piece of information will have like yeah even something like an area name and god dark souls 3 is full of them like you hear that and then something crystallizes around it and like that is a pretty big deal same thing with boss names and things like that i think that the stakes get higher as you get more yeah. invested you know yeah yeah and it's also that's as that time moved on was when it became the series became important enough to me where i started thinking in terms of like as Excuse me. I've said this a bunch of times where like, how many of these am I going to get? Yeah. You know, in my lifetime before I die. So I, if I, if I can make the experience really cool and special, uh, I owe it to myself to do so because I'm only going to get three of them. It's possible. I only got three of them. Yeah. You know, lifetime three. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Change our minds. Yeah. Change yeah. my mind. And then also just kind of changed as a, as a, as a person. Uh, yeah. in my perspective to the things. Yeah, three years is a long time. I mean, it's yeah. kind of not, but it kind of is. Yeah. Especially when you're engaging with it as frequently as we do. Yep. Yeah, or as anybody does. You know, I, I imagine a lot of people's attitude uh, changed as well. Um, Zachary writes, uh, with the Soul series supposedly at its end and rumors that From Software is uh, working on some new projects, what genre games uh, would you most like to see? I'd be most excited if they could somehow bring the Souls touch to a sci-fi world. Shadowrun Souls? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be cool. Be still Gary's heart. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and that, that's not really like a, that's a, a new, like a non, not a different gameplay genre. It's like a different setting genre. Yeah. Like if they were going to do another thing like that, if they were going to do a different setting, I would love to see sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, they were going to do an actual new gameplay thing, um, and the, the cop-out answer is like, I would love them to do like I would love a modern from first person RPG. Yeah. And that'd be really great. Like it can be done. First person RPGs are incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. So it's not like market suicide, but to do something that had like kind of immersion that comes with like a first person Skyrim kind of thing, but with actual thought out mechanics <laughs> and stuff would be amazing. Um, like in a, in a really dense kind of experience as opposed to a real like loosey goosey one. Yep. I think that'd be cool. Yep. Um, I'd like to see them revisit uh, Echo Knight. That'd be really great. Yeah. I'd be way into that. Love to yeah. see that. They've already done like the like the gothic horror kind of thing. They've done futuristic horror with uh with Echo Knight Beyond. Um it'd be great to see them do like a like a more modern kind of thing. Yeah. Um something that's kind of like in present day. Um yeah, that would be my 
my go-to, like as far as abandoned from kind of things. And, you know, I think that notably we're not saying armored core, uh, just because neither of us have an awful lot of experience with that. Yeah. I have one of them on my, on my PSP that I have not played. Um, one of them was on super sale. So it's like, I always mean to try that, that series, but I just haven't gotten a chance to. It's intimidating. Yeah. There, well, there's a thousand of them. Yeah. So it's like, I have that feeling of like, am I doing the best one? Yeah. You know, like if I'm only gonna try one of these, it's like, and that's, that's can be kind of silly, but also they're complicated, crunchy games. So yeah. Tim writes, uh, what are some recent non-video game sleeper hits for you guys? Music, movies, TV shows, books, etc., cetera, uh, that you didn't hear much about or expect much uh, from that ended up impressing you? <laughs> this is uh, hard. Yeah. Um, I, I will do kind of one. I think I may have mentioned this before on the show, so it's kind of a cop-out. Um, but I like... I don't watch a lot of TV or movies and like I, I've been keeping up on big superhero movies cause I like those, but I haven't seen um, anything else in the way of that. And I don't really watch TV. Like if I watch TV, I've been watching I watch game of Thrones once a week and I watch cutthroat kitchen with my girlfriend and that's about it. Um, you know, I just don't, uh, you know, don't do that very much. Um, book wise, I was surprised by how much I liked um, rat Queens, which I think I've talked about, but that's a comic that uh, the third trade just came out um, and is uh, about, it is like in a light kind of D&D-esque world with four super badass ladies who are a part of like a guild. And it's just, it's kind of self-aware and kind of funny, um, you know, story about cool D&D shit. Um, but it, it's, it kind of sucks though, because the third trade came out and then there was some kind of controversy with the artist who has like gotten charged for sexual harassment and the company took his side or the writer took his side or there's some kind of thing that's kind of gross about supporting it in the future. So yeah. the first three trades I was into and didn't have that. And then now I need to actually do some research and figure out if it's like, if I feel good giving those guys money anymore. Right. Um, but I didn't expect anything of it because I was expecting it to be like uh, in Dragon Magazine, they have those like Knights of the Dinner Table, like D&D, humor based on D&D stuff doesn't always work for me. Yeah. Unless that's like that Daddy Ale's Wives sketch. So, uh, yeah, I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah. Um, you've talked about the Rat Queens thing before. That's a bummer that if I got into it now, I might be supporting somebody with a questionable. Yeah, uh, do do some do some research. Check it out first yeah. uh, before you take my word for it. So, yeah. Um, in terms of TV, um, I've talked about this in the past on the on, on the show, but uh, The Leftovers is something that I haven't really heard that much about. Like for a, um, you know, HBO show, it doesn't really get an awful lot of like press. I think it even just got canceled after its second season, mm -hmm. uh, too. It's uh, it's by the guy, one of the guys behind Lost, uh, which is a mark kind of against it. Um, but um <clears throat> has a uh, Justin throw in it. That's the one where like, uh, like 2% of the population just up and disappears. Mm -hmm. Um, and the entire, the entire show is about like the ramifications of that. And like the weird, the weird cults and the survivors that kind of like come you know, uh, come up in the, uh, in the wake of something that, you know, is just that weird and strange. Um, you know, just like, it's something that I heard about on a couple of podcasts and I was like, well, I've got HBO now I'll try this. And uh, it ended up uh, really kind of pulling me in. Yeah. Yep. Is that still, is that like the first season wrapped up or is it still going on? Uh, the the second season wrapped a little while ago and there's not going to okay. be a third one. So, okay. yep. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Sword Sage, Sword Sage 
there we go, uh, writes, uh, what do you think the DLC for Dark Souls 3 will cover um, story-wise? Oh, late breaking news. Um, <laughs> Leftovers was renewed for a third and final season. So we're going to get some uh, resolution. Sorry. Thank you. Um, somebody that is in a DM. Uh, continuing with this, what do you think the DLC for Dark Souls 3 will, will cover story? I was in a DM and not like just in the public. Hey, Cole. Hey, hey Cole. Hey, Cole. Yeah. We want you to have these, yeah. these leftover yeah. secrets. Yeah. Like, like you could, like you could just, uh, so you could announce it like it just came to you. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit for somebody else paying more attention than me. Like you should have, like you should have, like pulled a note from all. Like you should have, like done like a. Oh, like, okay. Oh, oh w- w- wait a minute. Oh, wait, I'm getting, I'm getting a little. Hey, what have we got? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh, geez, I, yeah. Uh, John Lostman <laughs> just told me that leftovers is bad. <laughs> John <GB. Lostman. laughs> One of the Lost Boys told me. Yeah. yeah. I just got this message from one of the Lost Boys. <laughs> leftovers is back, baby. <laughs> Continuing with this, what do we think the Dark Souls Three DLC will cover story-wise? Uh, personally, I'm really hoping I'm really hoping to get at least a little bit more about Velka. Having just a statue of her is not enough. Um, more tidbits about the primordial serpents, or possibly uh, going to what happened at Astora, would also be good. Or maybe even touching on uh, the Dark Souls Two giants and how they fit into everything. That would be great to see. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, go go ahead. I'd love to go to some of these different uh, kingdoms that we hear about. Like, I think it's inevitable that we're going to go to Londor, um, mm. you know, for one of them. Uh, it would be cool to hear about Astora and just, God damn it, I want some Dark Souls 2 shit in there. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I don't know. Like, that's what I think. That's just what I hope. Yeah. Well, there are three of them. They should, you know, throw us a bone. The, um, I think Sable Church of Londor has to be expanded upon. Like for I'm I'm trying to think of what things have to be done to square the circle and like make the story make more sense. Yeah. Like I feel like Londor has to be visited. Um given that uh how much Dark Souls 3 quotes Dark Souls 1, I'm very scared of like an Artorius of the Abyss retread kind of thing. Oh man. Like that's yeah, that's I that's my fear. So that's my, you know, the thing I really don't want to see, but like as much, I mean, I love Artorias of the Abyss, but like, I don't need to go fight in there. We've already done that. Yeah. I don't need to fight the old Abyss Walker, you know, go into a thing and just have an Artorias with remixed moves. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a really cool fight, I just don't want that. So I think Sable Church of Londor, um, I would love to see Dring Lake stuff. And then I would love to see uh, like Age of the Deep Sea stuff is my dream, but I still, I feel like that's a dangling thing from an earlier iteration of the game. Like an aborted kind of thing. Yeah, that's. I think that they uh, originally, when this was a turning point, I think we would have had uh, some stuff that go into the Age of the Deep Sea yeah. things. I don't think it's a Bloodborne reference. And I don't think it's just the Age of Dark. Right. Because um, like Sea makes a really cool. If fire, like so, fire. Uh, if darkness is the opposite of fire, like water is also the opposite of fire. Like that's a really cool idea for them. If somebody were to break the cycle. Yeah, to move into a new age. Like, yeah, I would love to see if, if they ever do a new Dark Souls, or if they touch on the DLC, I would love to see a Dark Souls that has nothing to do with fire or flame or like, you know, just like had this kind of newness to it because we're no longer part of those ages. Yeah, you know, and that would have been if they would have done like Dark Souls four and five, and that would have been what happened. I would have been pretty into that. Yeah, you know, yeah, just look uh, at uh, look at different elemental stuff. I mean, that's part of what I love about Dark Souls 1 is just like the way it explores those different elements, you know? Yeah. And just kind of like the corrupting extent of the extremes of them, you know? And as much as people like, you know, 
uh, as much as I, I mean, I love Bloodborne, but as much as like there were some things I don't love about Bloodborne, playing Dark Souls 3 made me appreciate it more because it is in like a different, it feels like a different age. Like it does feel like this is what the company could do with it. Like isn't trying to do, like I, I really wanted to go back to Dark Souls because I love castles and dragons more than I, you know, love guns and, and fedoras. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would like to see it go, I would love to see the DLC go to like a different age like that. Like I had this idea, Cole, when I was talking about Dark Souls endings in the Slack channel. Can you imagine if like the break the cycle ending, uh, it wouldn't even, you'd only have to show it for a second, but if the ending was just the character walking through a populated city. Like like, like modern day, like Chrono Cross kind of oh, thing? Oh, no, no, I mean, that would be like that one episode <laughs> of The Simpsons, like they get teleported to our world. No, no, just like here's, here's oh, hey, like this is what the world looks like when it's alive. And yeah. then just like that would have been awesome. Like that would have meant a lot given that yeah. we never see that, you know? Yeah. Like oh here here is here is a world that's functional, like mm-hmm. that in some ways that would be the even though it wouldn't be bleak enough to go with what they usually do for this series like, in some way like many ways would be the shock, most shocking thing that like, <laughs> like oh there's there's more than like three conscious people in the city yeah turn it into uh, Souls Creed yeah oh, there we go <laughs> Sound Assassins Creed yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, uh, I don't know. I, I would love to see them do something that is uh, like if Dark Souls did continue, this is a really Dark Souls heavy episode. I'm sorry for people who aren't into that. Um, if Dark Souls did continue, if they did like a um, Kingsfield to Shadow Tower kind of jump mm. where it yeah. was kind of in a different age, but it was still informed by some of those things. And I don't That'd know if you do that and still have it be kind of the same thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not so down with just kind of the purity of the message to like immediately react against that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Mikhail writes, if you could be the Roger Clinton of any celebrity family, uh, what would it be? I have to look up who Roger Clinton is. I think he might be Bill's brother. Oh yeah. Millennials meet Roger Clinton, Hillary's brother-in-law who got arrested once again, <laughs> 11 hours ago. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, he's like Billy bear. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you if you were not going to reference Billy Carter, I was going to. So now, now that, uh, can you repeat the question? Now that I know who that is. <laughs> so if you could be the Roger Clinton to any celebrity family, well, like which would it be? Okay, so it'd be like the hard drinking, like idiot brother to a successful. Yeah, like yeah, family. the near do well, like the one who's like kind of dragging them down. Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, the like the obvious jokey answer for us is Shaq. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I want Shaq's respect more than that. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Shaq would, I would like that if it was step one in Shaq rehabilitating me. <laughs> like, the, where that story needs to start is at rock bottom with Shaq bailing me out of jail and then putting me in a program and visiting me once a day to like make sure I'm doing good, <laughs> healing your soul through the power of basketball. Yeah, like, and eventually I get pretty good at basketball, and he gets pretty good at uh, living a little bit more free. <laughs> in some ways, we have a lot of things to teach each other. Yep. Um. Oh, here's this. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel. I feel like. Uh, you know, you're in that family. You're gonna get a little bit of money if you cause enough trouble for him. You're getting a lot of hush money. You know that, yeah. and you're probably going to hear about like cool cars and shit. <laughs> I, I keep thinking about like people who I'd want to embarrass, but who wouldn't have me shadow killed. You know, because like I think Elon Musk is right on the edge. Actually. Yeah, he's 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 pretty good because like you could say Trump, you know, because you want to uh, damage his chances. Like that's the way you could do the most good. It's just like, hey, my name's Trump, and I'm jerking off into a fountain. Fuck this guy; he can't be president. <laughs> but then he just has somebody murder you, and then that's the end of your story. Yeah. You know, 
like somebody who's who's bad for the world but not evil on an interpersonal level that's hard <laughs> that's a hard uh, balance yeah yeah uh yeah so i think uh, elon musk is right on the edge um yeah hate to make it all about money but like if i'm going to be the ne'er-do-well i need to like if my own personal name is going to be you know down the tubes then, yeah uh, then i'm going to uh yeah i'm going to try and get something out of it yeah <laughs> i would want money as well um fletcher writes what will it take to get you to pull the trigger and do a full ASMR episode of the show? Bonus points. What gimmick would you want to add to that? Because clearly it's not official enough unless you caress 10 fabric or something else for extra tingles. What show? <laughs> it would have to be Adric Suffering, right? Yeah. Like it could just be like we'd be a real flushing some shit down the toilet if we did the like bonfire set chat ASMR yes. episode. Like, fuck you people who don't listen to our other shows. <laughs> joke from a thing you don't care about yeah um oh here's what i would do so for the gimmick it would be so i would print out um copies of chuck tingle's work mm. and then uh then like just them into the mic yeah. chuck tingle being the uh pounded in my ass by my own ass guy yeah i'm gonna read it. those books are oftentimes really cheap like i'm gonna read one of those sometime. <laughs> Because like, why wouldn't I like, and also he seems like I, I like him, yeah. like looking at his Twitter presence and stuff. Like, I think I like that dude. Yeah. Um, his response to, uh, to, to, uh, gamer gators and people of their ilk, uh, getting him nominated for a Hugo was yeah. to send Zoe Quinn to accept the award. Pretty great. Like <laughs> pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. And also just, uh, like there's the one he has that's like, pounded in the ass by my own reaction to a chuck tingle book title or something like that yep. like it's, it's just getting so weird and and keeps zooming out you know in ways that i wouldn't have expected or, or thought of um <laughs> yeah, i'll go along with that i can't think of anything better than that yeah um well as far as what it would take uh i would have to do a lot of research because i don't know what other than just like noises like <laughs> did, i don't know enough about it still i know what it is but i don't know how to yeah. create it there's a there's a fantastic video that was done by one of the uh, uh, stop podcasting yourself guys who uh, he was doing an ASMR studio tour. Okay. Um, and it was him like he was holding a handy cam and like from his perspective he was going around saying like and uh, and this is this is my microphone cover and then like yeah. scratching everything and uh, it was pretty funny. Um, it might be something like that. That'd be good video content. Those um, guys are great. <clears throat> yep. I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take to get us to do it. Like I, I wouldn't, I would not put a monetary award on that. Cause I would feel bad taking money for something that like, <laughs> like do it for very few people. <laughs> yep. yeah. um, also I wouldn't want to, uh, it, it'd be kind of like a, like a chef with no sense of taste cooking for people who could taste. Yeah. Because I don't feel it. It's kind of like, I, this is going to be like the shittiest ASMR content you've ever had guys. Speaking of that, uh, rather than doing that as a stretch goal, sometime like duck con one or two or something like that we should do uh, a tiny shitty version of cutthroat kitchen where the goal is just to make food that is edible at all because <laughs> none of us can cook but we still have to go through this dumb shit and then if we can make a thing that doesn't make anybody want to puke like yeah done and done that'd be the like that that's the that's the actual stretch goal i think we've been working toward is the cutthroat kitchen cast yeah or cutthroat kitchen uh experience yep <laughs> cutthroat kitchen live action ride oh, come watch us who would judge Oh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, that could be a stretch goal itself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Here, eat this poison I made for you out of, cr out of crushed up Cheez-Its. Yeah, on accident. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I'm sorry to accidentally po poison you, Jala Prendas. Um, <laughs> oh man, speaking of Jala, uh, what games have you played for Abject Suffering that surprised you the most? Um, and how did it exceed or fail to meet your expectations? I, I Nothing I thought was going to be good turned out to be bad, or that, that was a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a mild surprise, but not a big surprise. Yeah. It's on the show for some reason. Um, I think the Bible quiz is the most surprising thing. Oh, uh, yeah, the angel quiz and zoo race. Yeah, yeah like yeah, that. The zoo race thing was really surprising and great. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's like when you're walking through a parking lot and you think, hey, this is going to be a shallow puddle, but you end up like yeah. up to the middle of your ankle. It was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Like, so it, was, it doesn't suck. Like that was genuinely one of the happiest moments of like, if not that year, that month. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the expecting water and drinking Coke. Yep. Of like podcasts or vice versa. Uh, that was, uh, and then uh, quality wise, like the weird, every once in a while we run into something we never heard of before. Like um, whatever that PC JRPG horror theme JRPG was that we did. Oh, uh, like, don't go alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was awesome. That was a surprise. Cause I never heard of it before. I'm like, Oh, this is actually pretty badass. Like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm always surprised when we get a, uh, when we get a grappling hook game. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's always something like, I think like home improvement, not to go like, you know, three years back, but like that was a big one for me. Yeah. That was surprising. I had no indication that would actually be good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's, I'm not going to go into like, a, Oh, like what, what meta stuff around that surprised me the most, like, you know, well, I will say that the, uh, the crazy conservative ranting in the old bleed episode, that was, uh, that was, that was delightful. Yeah. That was also surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. David writes, have you ever considered bringing back watch out for lens flare specials once or twice a year to allow yourself more time to play something more recent? I know it's been mentioned before that time to play big releases can be rough to fit around all the games that you have to play for the network. Um, and since any game released on anything newer than an Amiga 64 isn't really retro anyway, wink, wink. Um, I don't think it would do any harm. Yeah, I, I think that that would work game backwards. Like I think if a game came out that both you and I really wanted to play, yep. um, we, we would justify it after that rather than like come up with a slot for it. Yeah. I think Watch Out for Lens Flare was like a weird product of its kind of like its time. That was like what, 13 going into 14 maybe? Yeah. Um, and that that coincided with the Kickstarter, obviously. Um, and that also kind of coincided with like, there's a bunch of like recent Xbox 360 games that are, that we want to cover, right? Like Dishonored came out like a year and a half before we covered it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like now so much that's on the 360 and PS3, like that generation is, yeah, is, uh, is, 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 is coverable, right? Like we don't have any real compunction about that and, you know, changing attitudes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'd be hard to know because like I just don't get that excited about stuff like the recent game that I've gotten most kind of jazzed about is like Uncharted 4 but like for the show I'd rather like have you play Uncharted 2 you know which, yeah, which we could do for WAF if not now if we yeah. wait you know, we wait long enough we do that yeah yeah yeah. and then the other thing too like there's I don't have that uh, that feeling of like talk pregnancy about that much stuff. Uh, like the only thing that like I'd really I can think of that I haven't gotten a chance to like chat about on a show that I'd like to is Fallout 4. Yeah. Um, mostly because then I end up in the position where every Fallout game except for Fallout Tactics, like you know, my I've put my podcast into a stone tablet or put my uh, opinions into a stone tablet on. 
uh, which I would like to do. Yeah. So like that would be like the one thing, and someday maybe that will happen. Uh, it doesn't have. Watch out for chromatic aberrations, real good. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that's that's a that's a nice name. Um, the uh, so I'd like to do that at some point in some capacity, but it would just like and but we could do that as a bonus level too. Yeah, it could be uh, out there, and we could just like yeah. put it on a page of like the Fallout suite, like with between like Deus Ex and like Fallout and like a bunch of Final Fantasy stuff. It might make sense to start making like franchise pages almost. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Like, and, I, and I wouldn't like speaking of which too. Like, I don't know. Eventually, this will become WAF material and everything. But playing Invisible War really did make me want to play uh, Human Revolution again as well. Oh yeah, like I'd be down for that. Do. Yeah, because that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, there's not so much new stuff right now going on that like I before we started recording questions, like I talked about what games I'm kind of playing now that are not for shows, and it's like all old shit. There's yeah. not a lot of new stuff right now. I'm like super interested in. Yeah. I'd really like to play Doom, but I don't want to spend sixty dollars on it. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Greer was just kind enough to gift me The Witcher Three, which I'm going to start playing. Oh, cool. Uh, and then other than that, like not yeah. a whole lot of new stuff I'm that interested in. Yeah. Let me know when you start playing The Witcher Three because I have that. I, I really want to play it. I'm, I've been trying to kill the instinct in my body to play the first two. Um, yeah. And The Witcher, like this will make, uh, as a Mass Effect fan, I bounced off of The Witcher 1 the same way I bounced off of Mass Effect. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just bio, modern Bioware that like kills me with that yeah. stuff. Like I was just, I played the first 10 hours of both those games a couple times and, you know, stopped. So, but I was like, oh man, I got to get through it. I'll just go through it on, you know, don't do side quests and just get through it. And then it doesn't yeah. run very well on Windows 10. So I was like, ah, I, I put it down and I think I'm just going to skip it. And it makes me sad because there are cool things in it and I've heard really good things about Witcher 2. Yeah. But I think I'm just going to skip to the, the new one. I think so too. I think that that is uh, kind of just uh, like a playability concern more than anything. I think really more... like everyone's going, everyone goes apeshit for it. It won tons yeah. of awards. Like people are like, oh, this is the computer RPG, like the big budget computer RPG that, you know, we want this year. Yeah. This is, this I mean, good one, so. people that I trust go apeshit for it, like not just people in the network, like Allison, yeah. Jeremy, but also like, you know, it is a weekly topic of discussion um, yeah. in a, you know, like on Idle Weekend, like Danielle Rando and Rob Zachney, like, yeah, you know, like people I dig, yeah. dig it. And it's like, I, I feel increasingly remiss that I haven't played it. I think the the recent release of uh, of the final like expansion makes mm-hmm. me more apt to like, okay, n- now's the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's it's weird. Like maybe I don't know. Like we'd probably do Dishonored 2 a little bit sooner than usual if that's yeah. good. Yeah, because yeah. I'm yeah, that's that's the next like there aren't a lot of things coming out that I'm really excited for, and that's one of them. Yeah. But I will play the the shit out of Dishonored 2. So yeah. yeah. Uh let's see here. Angus writes, um, I finished with Dark Souls 3. Uh, for now, and I would yeah. like your help deciding between New Vegas and Fallout 4. I played the main quest of New, of New Vegas uh, when it came out, and I enjoyed it, but I never touched the DLC. Um, fix that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be quicker, too, yep. than the entirety of Fallout 4. Um, like, I am... Uh, oh, I guess my hair is doing kind of a thing. That's funny. <laughs> um, it straight up. The, uh, I, I ended up really liking Fallout 4, but it is it's long... Um, and it is not as good as any of the, you know, it's not as good as the top three new Vegas DLCs. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Fallout 4 is really good. You should still play it. It's just like, if you feel like you want more of that mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Especially like, uh, before you get used to the quality of life enhancements. Yeah. Yeah. Fallout 4, like, uh, like go for it. I would say. Yep. Um, yeah, that is, uh, that is 100% true. 
the because uh, it is hard, a little bit hard to go back to uh, the kind of stilted combat of the earlier entries. Man, like, so I, I dipped my toe back into Fallout 4 a little bit, nothing like appreciable, but like mm -hmm. shooting stuff feels so good in that. Yeah, it's actually like a really fun shooter. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's the trick is it's not a role playing game. Like, don't treat it like one. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. Probably uh, a good like comparison, like a uh, Deus Ex to Deus Ex 2, Fallout yeah. 3, Flash New Vegas to, to this. Like, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is not concerned with your choices or build or anything like that. Yeah. So as long as you don't, and those are my favorite things in the world, but it's still fun to explore. And it's also just really pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go through a lot of really cool environments. Yeah. Uh, I never realized that cram was supposed to be spam. Oh yeah. <laughs> Until yeah, I, I saw the art for that. I always thought it was a drug. Like we, <laughs> we talked about in the fallout three one. Cause it's like, Oh, you're going to get crammed, you know? And then I was like, Oh, I, I bought, kept all the cram and then realized I couldn't, uh, couldn't eat it for sap boost. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Chase writes, have either of you had a chance to play The Witcher 3? Um, that is apropos. Oh. Um, it's been a great companion game to Dark Souls 3, and the new DLC is excellent. Also, what is your favorite beer? Uh, we, we I think we talked about Witcher 3. Yes, we have. Um, yeah. I've played a little bit of it. I've gone through like the uh, the tutorial in like, the first town, um, and that's all. I would like to. Um, I, I've not done anything. So, yeah. um, Favorite beers. Uh, so... Uh, Dogfish Head makes a beer called Palo Santo Maron, um, which is, it's, it's fairly costly. It's like $15 for a four pack, but it's like 14% alcohol, um, which isn't, yeah, that's just a nice side effect, but it is like one of the, uh, it's an ale that tastes like a stout and it has like this really like rich syrupy depth of character to it. It is the most flavorful, like non IPA thing that I've, that I've drank. Um, you know, it's great. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my everyday, uh, beer is, um, let me find the company that makes it not every day. Yeah. I don't drink beer every day. Um, the, uh, hold on one second. Excuse my Googling. Um, While you're doing that, uh, right now I'm drinking Sam Adams summer ale because I like, uh, lemony beer and, uh, I like to have something to drink so I can relax on camera. <laughs> Um, my common beer, because I can buy it from convenience stores near my house. So if I'm just like, I need some beer, uh, is Gilgamesh Brewing's Mamba mm. beer, which is a beer that is, uh, infused like it is, uh, infused with like black tea, um, and tastes good. Um, it's like a weird, like version of like a coffee stout kind of thing or kind of, yeah. Except with a, yeah, with like a lighter flavors, like black tea and then some kind of citrus, like, um, mm. Like maybe uh, like a tangerine peel or something like that, um, and then uh, as far as like all time favorite beer, uh, I love sour beers, but I just I get a variety of them. I don't have one. I go to places for that, and then same thing with German beers. Like there's yep. a German bar and a sour beer bar, and my house is in the center of both of them. Oh god, that sour is. Are you talking about Cascades? Yeah, Cascades Spring House. It's good, yeah. right? Yeah, that yeah. that sour beer bar is great. Yeah, so I will go there, or I will go to uh, Stamtich, which is the German beer place, and go get Dunkels. Uh, which I love quite mm -hmm. a bit. I love a, I uh, love a Doppelbach. Yeah. I like a Doppelbach as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah next time uh, you're in town, we should go to, I mean, we should go to Cascadia cause it's great and it's close to the karaoke place, but um, we should also try to go to, uh, to Stamtich. I think you'll dig it. Oh yeah. I love, um, uh, I mean, just Cincinnati, man. Like we're a German yeah. town, like a uh, spot and flows like wine down here. <laughs> so. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's, it's super authentic so much so that like, if I get a, uh, 
a pretzel there, aka a pretzel. Uh, <laughs> they give you like it's you have three dips and like one of them is honey mustard or like not honey mustard, like a you know a thick grainy mustard. Great. Mm-hmm. One of them is this kind of weird cheese spread thing that has a German name. It's really delicious. It's like and, a beer cheese or what? No, it's just like this kind of thick kind of pimento-y looking cheese. Mm. It doesn't actually have pimentos in it, but it's kind of got that consistency. But then they give you this like rendered fat thing that <laughs> I guess Germans dip pretzels in that is repulsive. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is It is very authentic. I, I went there yesterday and the my lady I'm seeing got rabbit. Oh, oh man. Awesome. Rabbit before. That's so good. Yeah. And it's like you can, you can get a, it's really good too. It's it's pretty tasty place. It's a good yep. bar. I should uh, I should take you to uh, to Mecklenburg Garden. It is the uh, the oldest restaurant in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like they have like a a straight up beer garden outside that has like uh, kind of like in city terms ancient grapevines growing over the okay. to like provide shade cover. It's a it is a wonderful place. Uh, it is hard to order anything less than a liter of beer there. I like that too, and, and I love uh, I love German food and yep. German beer. Like Germany is that's great. Yes. That's my, so, my jam. Yeah. Um, that's the end of the priority questions. We have about, uh, we have about 12 minutes uh, left before we uh, hit the 90. Do you want to, do we want to uh, try the kind of Q and a ones? Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's go through the, let's get through as many of those as we can. Okay. Uh, so we've got Sean who writes in asking, um, is Deus Ex human revolution worth playing? I've started a couple times and it never really hooked me. But with the yeah. new one coming out soonish, um, I'm wondering if I should go give it another, another shot. I loved the first one, uh, the first Deus Ex. Yeah, I, I think if you like Deus Ex one, you like Human Revolution. If you get a little bit further into it, yep. I, I mean, I would want more in like what made you bounce off of it, you know. But it's, um, yeah, I think it's a really worthy, like that's a really good sequel. And people have written things that are like, hey, this is how you do a sequel. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a really good example of like this is how you update one of those old games. Mm-hmm. It came out like right after Dishonored came out, which updates Thief. And it was like this really good time for like taking all of those first person looking glass studios kind of games and doing modern cool imaginings of them. I feel bad correcting you, but Deus Ex Human Revolution was 2011. So it was even like a year and a half before Dishonored. Oh, like well, around the, the same time. In, uh, was, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. was around the time of Dishonored. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah you don't have to feel bad. I don't, uh, all, all those things, uh, when you, like I don't play things when they're new ever to like, or very rarely. So like the year, like years tend to blur together. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I only know that because I checked out human revolution when I was still working at GameStop when I was living in my parents' basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the summer of 2011 before I got my job. And, uh, I bounced off of it because I think the first couple of missions in that are kind of garbage. Yeah. I don't, uh, I never, I've never had a problem getting into that. Even the boss fights, which, uh, which suck. Uh, I didn't hate like I still like went through them and the director's cut fixes all that. And it's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think so. And, and do the director's cut, which you can oftentimes find if you have the regular version, you'll get it for cheap. And mm-hmm. then I've also seen the director's cut on sale for as little as five bucks. Yep. Um, do the director's cut, which fixes the boss fights and includes the DLC. Uh, and the DLC is actually really good. Um, it's kind of positioned weirdly in the main game when you do the director's cut, but yeah. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. So I would say stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of the games I feel bad about not not uh, having literacy about like I'm kind of worried going into invisible war that I can't speak fluently about, uh, about human revolution, but have you, have you know, you haven't beaten human revolution. I haven't beat it. No, really? Have we, really? why have we not had this conversation? I just, oh, we've had this conversation. We've talked about it. Why, why don't I remember it? What happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was in a different we, world line, Gary. 
So we should definitely do that for a while at some point because uh, yeah. you you should play it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and yeah. So yeah, cool. Uh, let's see here. Are you guys excited for No Man's Sky? The underground hype train is off the rails, and I hope it delivers. Uh, it couldn't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry to disappoint you. Sorry, There's literally no chance that will happen. <laughs> so yeah, that was probably a little bit flippant. Uh, so my flag went up when it was delayed and death threats were issued. I was going yeah. like, whoa, we're never going to make these people happy. It's not just about that, but like, it, I'm pretty unclear on what the game actually is in that. Like, well, I like they're on purpose about that. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. They're just like, oh, old games didn't know what they were before they came out, and it's like, well, that that is true. You know, what, what does that, ha- what bearing does it have on anything though? Like <laughs> right. you made a true statement that has nothing to do with your argument. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really skeptical about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like, uh, I don't, the procedural thing, like the, the fact that it is random, that is such a red flag for me. Yeah. It just seems yeah. this is, this is going to be, uh, just pure static. Yeah. A lot of boring planets to explore. Yeah. Like you're, you know, if, if, if you, if your thing is like, and this is your thing, like, Hey, I want to have a spaceship and just fly around like a big infinite universe. Like this will probably deliver that. It's just what's inside the universe. I'm very suspect about Yeah. And maybe I'll be wrong, but like, I just, I feel like the fact that it's, you know, random makes it much more likely that you're going to get a lot of boring planets. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, so I'm going to say this, I'm going to sound like shitty, like, oh, you'll, you'll figure it out when you're older. But like, I think everybody goes through a spore. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, this is tripping some really heavy spore flags for me. So it does feel a lot like spore. I would love to be wrong. Um, yep. you know, and I would love it for it to be good. It's not like I want it to be bad. I have no vested interest in these guys. And the fact that I got death threats is obviously like repulsive and disgusting. Yeah. And you know, you should be happy when you're, when games get delayed, uh, cause it means they're making the right choice, you know, the developers making, doing their good thing. Like um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And that's, it's nothing like that There's was obviously so much good stuff coming out. Like, come on, man. But, it, but my worry about it being delayed is like, maybe they were like, Hey, this isn't very fun. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to fix that in two months because maybe the concept of going to a randomly generated planet is not fun. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I said on this week's level, like no man's guy just kind of seems like, uh, seems like the console version of star citizen to me. Yeah, like as I don't know, I just don't get it. And like that, that is, you know, there's an 85% that's just ignorance on my part. But yeah, it depends on your values. Like if that's just literally that's your thing. It's like I need to explore a universe in a spaceship. Yeah, that's 100% my thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, I can see the appeal, but that's not 100% my thing. Good on you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. And so we've got the last question. Uh, This is Jeremy Greer. Hi, Jeremy. Um, And uh, says, Hey, y'all. Z Chocobo and Slack hey, pointed he's out. On brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, like. Z Chocobo and Slack pointed out that the uh, that the honest trailers guys have an interview with the people that created X Men the animated series. Mm. I've watched the first twenty minutes and it's pretty interesting so far. Should I pirate it and give uh, uh sorry and host it on my own YouTube? I don't know if you should pirate it. <laughs> Do you have to pirate it? Like, are they on? Is it like behind a Patreon payroll or something? If it is, absolutely not. I don't know about. I don't know who the honest trailer guys are. I, I mean, I know what honest trailers are. It is like a YouTube channel that does a, uh, uh, like here here is the making fun of version of the trailer that actually does this kind of thing. And they're slightly less like they're better than the CinemaSins guys who do something kind of similar. Yep. Um, like they're they're funnier and less obnoxious. And they did one about the uh, 
animated series and it was good. And I didn't know about this interview and that's pretty rad. But mm-hmm. if you have to pirate it from a, if it's behind a Patreon paywall, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but I am curious about it. I would like to, uh, you should at least take that knowledge into uh, Days of Future Cast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like both of you can probably look at that. There, there's like a, I'm seeing a five minute uh, video on on YouTube about it. Like, I don't know, like you say in the first 20 minutes, it may be more uh, more extensive than that. But like, I don't know, that seems like something that it's good to know about. <laughs> what about Jeremy saying it was a joke? So not, I don't even know what's real. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. Jeremy, don't play with us. I was like, I was about ready to do like an after school special on you, man. <laughs> was that Yoshi's asshole? Yeah, that was Yoshi just spitting out an, a, a poop-filled egg. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, because I, it's, here's the thing about that lie. is It's such a perfect lie because it has such a nugget of truth to it in that, like, I knew that they had done, they had just done one on the animated series. So it's like, oh, if they did an interview, that makes sense. Yeah. So the video is real. <laughs> 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 Jeremy, you're in too deep. Yeah. Uh, also good and also behind a paywall. Wait, wait a okay. second. Pirating so, part was a joke. The everything was, was true. He was just asking if he should pirate it as a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. or uh, is it? Yeah, the, the hilarious answer to your joke is no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Jeremy. It is hard to tell what's a joke. <laughs> it has te- text blindness, internet tone. It's okay. We still love you. <laughs> yep. Oh god, this whole thing is terrible and bad. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, all right. You just gotta admit when you fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, honest trailers, X-Men the animated series. Also, go to Duck V Presents and check out the pilot for Days of Future Cast. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be great to make that show. Yeah, it would. That would be uh I would think that was very fun. I mean, Jeremy have like kind of talked about X-Men Apocalypse, but I'd like to do it more. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Cool. Um, that's all the questions. Let me check and make sure there's nothing else in the priority um, while we still have a minute or so. But uh, um, as we're uh, heading out, I want to thank everybody for watching. Everybody who tuned in yeah. live. Thank you guys out. very much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next month. Thanks for rolling with us doing a little bit earlier. I know this is like a, like a last half of the month thing, but like uh, we're getting ready to do like vacations. Gary's doing yeah. one and I'm doing one. So yeah, we're going on vacay. Yeah. Um, so we will see you in a little bit more than a month probably. Yep. But yeah, thank you guys very much. Yeah, cool. Um, Um, Be safe, everybody. I think that's all. Good night. Bye.